What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Benny and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 173, although this could count as 174, uh, <laughs> we were recording. We're about 20 minutes in, and I clicked back over to my, uh, my program that records, and it was just not running. Apparently, it stopped and had an update and didn't ask me to restart, and... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, we had about 20 minutes there. We were talking, and I guess either wasn't being recorded or it just shut down and we had to restart. But here we are again, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we got some NFL news for you today. Um, baseball is – we talked a lot of baseball last week, and it just – not a lot's happened. It's only been a week, so we're not going to really touch on that every week unless something major happens, which it has not. Uh, three pretty significant NFL stories. Mm-hmm. But first, something we had already just talked about, we're going to bring it up again and try to make it, it's really tough to talk about things a second time with the same level of uh, of emotion, uh, but we're going to yeah. give it a shot here. Uh, the USFL, the God knows what number attempts at the USFL begins today, yeah. uh, and uh, we had a whole spiel on that. It was actually pretty good. You guys should have heard it. It, was, it, was, it wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all I actually know about this is what Ben already said in previous 20 minutes. So all this credit goes to Ben. Apparently there's eight teams and mm-hmm. my big thing, uh, was going to be, you're trying to start another football league at a time when travel and fuel and everything is so expensive. And then you have to pay the players and you have to pay for the food and you have to pay for all, all this stuff. I assume medical care, everything with what it is trying to start a new league be virtually impossible because the eight teams are in Jersey, Birmingham, Alabama, Houston, Michigan, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and Pittsburgh. Ben pointed out, however, that all eight teams, at least for the time being, are going to play in Birmingham at the same stadium. So you, while you have representation from those eight areas, you still only have uh, you still only have you don't have any travel. You still have one location, uh, and I think that's smart because it, the only other thing you could possibly do that would really work along the same lines is if you just had a regional thing where you wouldn't have to have much travel, maybe some bus travel, you know, 30, 40, 50 miles, and then kind of build from there as money hopefully starts flowing in because the biggest problem with these startups is they just don't have the finances to compete and to advertise and to everything that entails running a league. So, um, that's pretty much what I learned from Ben. So now I'll let Ben uh, go ahead and, and once again, once again, say all the things that um, I don't know about this. Well, I mean, there's not much more to say about it, Chris. Uh, like, like you said earlier when we weren't recording, um, I mentioned to you that there was five players in the league that I recognized. Two of them are from Michigan. So it's a lot of unknowns and no flashy names really. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody catches on. Uh, In the XFL, the first iteration brought in Skycam in play and the NFL took that and implemented it into its um, game day uh, production. And I think if if we're going to look at something coming from the USFL other than probably not long-term success is that they're using chip technology in the football to 
determine what the line if they met the line to gain and i think that's uh, something that's been talked about for many years uh because we've been doing the same thing in the nfl for the past i don't know 100 100 plus years so innovation should catch up with with uh, moving the chain so to speak so i think if there's going to be something that's some legacy from the usfl uh, um like the xfl had i think it'll be that chip technology in the football and i think it's well overdue and if they see a success um in the usfl and how accurate it is not so much like the ratings but they're going to look at the numbers and, and see if the data proves uh and these will be numbers that roger goodell actually looks at not like other things he doesn't pay attention to but that's realistically all I have on that. I think we covered everything that we pretty much covered in the previous recording. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. That was that was really good. Maybe we should just start doing a pre-show, and then we can condense everything down to like 10, 15 minutes. There you go, Chris. That's a nice thought. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So moving on to the NFL. Yep. Uh, we have three stories here, uh, and we're gonna go with you know no disrespect to this player, but we're gonna go with the lesser of the three to start. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, cornerback Stefan Gilmore, uh, former Bill Patriot and Panther, has signed a two-year, $23 million deal with the Indianapolis Colts, which apparently just hands them the Lombardi Trophy. Uh, there's been a lot of overreaction because, as I mentioned, we live in a time of overreaction on everything. Everything. Nothing can just be something. It has to be – reactions have to be crazy across the board one way or the other. And – you know, like I mentioned, there's already been articles about pretty much every baseball team on any sports app or, or sports news site, and I use that term loosely with some of them, that, you know, why every team is a contender, why every team is a pretender, why every team season is trash, and we're seven or eight games in, depending on your team. So uh, overreaction is pretty much, it's, it's as, a, as American uh, to sports, as, you know, popcorn and soda and beer is so yeah. <laughs> uh look Gilmore is a great player in his prime but I mean based on the facts of how he played last year I mean he wasn't miserable but he wasn't the defensive player of the year Gilmore and I mean corners drop off really quick like I said I'm gonna use this line again because I liked it uh yeah. remember with Daryl Revis Daryl Revis was as dominant as as you could possibly imagine a cornerback could be in his prime mm-hmm. But real quick, Revis Island went from Atlantis because he disappeared. And he was no longer a factor. And, uh, like, I think that's what's happened with Gilmore. I don't wish anything bad on the guy, but I don't think this is that big of a deal. I mean, with the AFC as stacked as it is now, and we're going to get into another team in the AFC that, you know, locked up somebody. Is Matt Ryan and Stefan Gilmore enough to bring in to say we're going to be Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. Not with the Colts history and not getting the job done. I know it's been different teams, different players, different administrations, but it's still the same outcome. We'll see. And I think, I think part of the problem, Chris is twofold. It's the Titans are in their division. And as long as Derrick Henry is fully healthy, ready to go, I mean, they're kind of the cream of the crop. And two, if you go back to Matt Matt Ryan's uh, photos he took at the stadium, they have banners up um, celebrating their 
wild card game victories, their appearances in the AFC champion. Like, I understand you want to celebrate your successes. And it's really easy for us to, to say that because we are Patriot fans. You know, we all the Super Bowl ring, Super Bowl victories, I should say, that the Patriots have had. Um, but there comes a time where you just have to look at that and say, okay, what is our goal? What what real what is real success for us? If it's to put up a banner just saying, hey, we won this, great. And guess what? You're not gonna do anything. Because I don't see the Titans putting up anything like that in their uh, in their um, their practice facility. Uh, I haven't seen any reports that the Buffalo Bills have put up AFC Championship uh, four years running <laughs> appearances. You know, in, in their in their practice field. You know, it's just it's. I think you put it correctly. It's just the way they're operating. The, the only common denominator in that equation, Chris, is uh, Jim Irsay, realistically. Um, and, and on Stefan Gilmore, uh, look at the Panthers. They seemed okay with just letting him go. I know he, t- he played pretty good for him, but they seemed okay. As were the Patriots. Right. So that right. should tell you, you know, he'll have success. He'll be a factor, but it's not going to be the Stefan Gilmore you know, first couple of years with the Patriots or the pretty much his entire career with Buffalo. It's just it's not going to be it. <laughs> Dude, with all those uh, uh, banners and, oh, we're 1-0 in the playoffs and we're ASC runners-up, Lucas Oil Stadium is the living embodiment of a participation trophy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a beautiful-looking stadium. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the facility, but, oh, my God, like, I mean – I have to expect I have expected them last year to put up a sign, you know, a banner for Carson Wentz not getting hurt after week one. <laughs> and I mean, it didn't, apparently, Ursa and Wentz, you know, don't don't aren't, aren't exactly on speaking terms based on uh, interviews that have happened since he was traded. But that's you know, it's not really new with either of them. Uh, anything else on this? We're going to move on to some actual new material. We got we got some new stuff. All right, stuff we haven't talked about yet. So this is new for us. So we we haven't discussed this already in the past twenty minutes. So we're excited about that. And look at that! Look at that! We're we're ten minutes in, and we knocked out the first two topics. <laughs> All right, you want to go Kyler first? Do you want to go Car? Uh, we can go Kyler first. All right. So this is a this is oh Kyler. This is straight out of the Antonio Brown playbook. How do I sabotage my own career? Yep. By just being an idiot and then not being able to articulate what I mean and what I feel. Uh, so, was it a month ago? About six weeks ago? Maybe more. I, I lose track. Uh, Kyler went on all the social media and he scrubbed everything having to do with the Arizona Cardinals off his social media. Because I guess that's what adults do when they want to have a conversation in 2022. They don't just have a conversation. They throw a tantrum and want someone to ask them what's wrong. And I, I like Kyler, by the way. Full disclosure, it's just not like an Aaron Rodgers thing where I just don't want to give him credit unless I have to. Uh, I like Kyler, and I have gone out of my way to say how good I think this kid is, and Ben has as well. He's a future MVP candidate. He's going to be a future Super Bowl champion. I wonder about all that now. I genuinely wonder about all that. Because supposedly, the entire reason he did all the scrubbing 
of the pictures and photos from his social media was because he wanted a new contract. Keep in mind, this is a guy that has seen a steady decrease in stats and performance as the season goes on every year he's been in the league. Not just year one. Year one, you can expect a little bit. Mac Jones dropped off a little bit at the end last year. NFL season is longer than the college season. It's a different game. It's a faster game. That's bound to happen to a lot of players. That's not a big deal. Year two, a little more alarming. Year three, even after he wasn't playing for a couple of weeks because of injury, he still fell off stat-wise at the end of the year. And now he wants a massive contract extension. Well, apparently, the Cardinals don't have any interest in doing that right now. I believe they picked up his fifth-year option. So he's going into his fourth, so they have him for the year five. Uh, I guess Kyler's agent said he... I don't know if an actual number was discussed, but apparently Kyler's agent was open, wanted to open contract negotiations uh, for an extension with the Cardinals. They did not respond or declined. And he then apparently said he, quote, pulled the offer from the table. So then Kyler says he's not expected to start uh, with the team and, and play with the team this upcoming season without a new contract. So the agent says there's no possibility for an extension because he's pulling talks. And Kyler says, I'm not playing without an extension. So even within his own camp, Kyler and his agent can't make it make sense. But the Cardinals are supposed to hand over franchise, you know, altering money. This is going to define their team for the next five to seven years. And they're supposed to give this kid the keys of the car and say, here's all the money. Here's all the control. Here's our financial future. When we're really not sure you're mature enough to be the guy. I mean, what are the chances you potentially see? I don't think this season, but next offseason before his fifth year. You see a Kyler Murray trade, or do you think they're going to sign him to an extension and this is all going to go away? Um, if I'm the Cardinals, I want, I want that fourth year. I want to see what that fourth year looks like because that fourth year should be where he starts to ascend to that top tier level. And I, I, I think your point's correct, Chris. I, I don't, I don't see. He had such a really good rookie season that his numbers just haven't, you know, translated to sizable increases in stats. And I just, if if I'm them, I just want to see what the best version of Kyler is. And I think that would be this year, especially since they just announced, and I don't know what this does for you. I don't know doesn't do much for me, but they just announced they re-signed um, AJ Green. Uh, okay. Look, if you have a full, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have a fully healthy DeAndre Hopkins, and you go with Rondell Moore, and now you have a uh, Zach Hurts for the entire season, and maybe you can add one more piece in there from the draft. Maybe maybe we have something here, and you can open up the offense a little bit. Keep Kyler Murray. Uh, I I, I want to say I don't want to say that because honestly his sack numbers, Chris. You know it was thirty one last year and he played fourteen games. So, you know his numbers are 
the sack numbers are pretty down. So it seems like the team's putting defensive uh, offensive linemen in front of him to protect him. So I just don't, I honestly don't know what it is that he wants or expects from the Cardinals. He's hasn't done anything in the playoffs yet. And it doesn't seem like it'd be in their best interest to, to just fork over all that, as you pointed out, um, franchise altering money. He's had one playoff game, Chris, and it was not good. It was not good at all. So if I'm the Cardinals, I want to see what he does in, in, in this year. I want to see if he's got consistency throughout the season. I want to see if making the playoffs, what that'll do for him and if he can transcend, you know, kind of what Patrick Mahomes did, what Josh Allen did, what Lamar Jackson did. And I think that's what he wants. Oh, that's it. I think that's what they want. And you know what I think they would settle for? What's that? Emotion. Somebody who looks like he gives a damn. All three of those guys you just mentioned, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, when their team is down, which they're they're all extremely competent, talented quarterbacks. It's not that often. Right. What do you see from them? You see fire. You see hustle. You see, I want to win. We're, we're, yeah. we're going to do this. We're going to pull this out. We're going to make this happen. You see them yelling. You see them getting emotional. You see reactions. With Kyler, you see kind of a just plain static look on his face like, oh, well, this is happening. And there's a point where the calmness is good, and there's a point where the calmness is makes you wonder how much they care right. when it's, it's not translating on the field consistently. And, man. And you could... Go ahead. And I, I look at the division, Chris. It's I get we look at the Rams and it's like, yeah, they just won the Super Bowl. But you know how bad that could just turn very quickly for the Rams. And I think the Cardinals look at this and say, the the Niners, they have to prove they can duplicate that. The Seahawks are taking a step back, and they did. They got they went seven and seven seven and ten with Russell, and he's gone. So. I just see if I'm the Cardinals, I just see this as an opportunity. Hey, see what you can do this year and put the put a hundred percent into this year. And if we like even if we don't get the Super Bowl, even with the NFC championship game, if we see what we like what we see and it's trending upwards, then we'll invest in you. But realistically, they're looking at their season. If he doesn't play, they're looking at Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley as their two quarterbacks going into the season. It's not exactly it's not exactly something I would want to do. Um, and to answer your question, if he sits out, he sits out the maximum he can sit out is 10 weeks. Otherwise, it won't count as a season for him, and he'll still be in his fourth season. Um, I mean, that worked out great for Le'Veon Bell. He should definitely do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I don't see I, – I, it benefits the Cardinals more because then they'll just trade him off for whatever. And then if they s- suck enough, then, ooh, look, they go right back into the draft and, and get a guy – get a get a hot quarterback coming out of the draft next year. So I, I the advantage is totally in favor of the Cardinals right now. He has – almost no leverage to the point where he's picked the worst possible time. I, I, I'll, I'll back that off. 
the worst possible time would be right after the draft because then nobody needs a quarterback at that point. Uh, and the Cardinals are just sitting there, their hands in their pocket, but like, well, we're gonna we're gonna see if you you bluff because if you're bluffing, then you'll be at the training camp or at minimum uh, preseason games. If you're not bluffing, you're gonna miss ten games. Our team's gonna suck probably because our quarterback situation is rough after that, and we'll just go into the next draft and find our our franchise quarterback that way. And that franchise quarterback is gonna have DeAndre Hopkins as his number one receiver. You know, I'm not. I hate blaming organizations for this kind of stuff because I believe in personal responsibility. The players have to play. They have to get the most out of themselves. And a franchise's job is to put the best players together while they'll mesh and put the best product on the field. And I remember saying, after the Cardinals drafted Kyler, after year one, because they had drafted Josh Rosen in the first round the year earlier, and they were already ready to move on after him. So they wasted first-round capital on a guy that has never panned out remotely in the NFL. He's had a few jobs as a backup, started a few games for Arizona, was just atrocious, and is a complete bust. And then they go in the draft Kyler first overall. Kyler wasn't even sure going into the NFL draft that he wanted to play football. He was, thought he was going to play baseball. He was going to go be a catcher. I think he played catcher. I think it was catcher. Uh, he was going to go be a catcher for, I think it was Oakland had drafted him. And, okay, so you're going to do that. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, wait, I think I'm going to play football instead. Okay, so right there is wishy-washy from the start. But you take a chance because the raw talent's there. They have a good season. They somehow got Isaiah Simmons the following year in a draft. And, you know, unless I'm missing something, that guy was supposed to be the Swiss Army knife catch-all that could just do things that people hadn't seen before. We were all Who's hyped that? about that guy, Isaiah Who's Simmons. That? Well, they didn't play him this first season, basically, was the problem. But that's, that- that's what I'm getting at, though. Oh, okay. Is they have the talent. And I remember saying, that's, that's the point I was trying to get to here, is I remember after they drafted Simmons and you saw how Kyler had played year one and then they trade for Hopkins, I said they are the absolutely a, br- a blueprint of how you turn your team from a laughing stock that can't move the ball to mm-hmm. the epitome of what teams should look at when they're rebuilding. And they are potentially in jeopardy of letting that all just go away. Look at the team they built over the past couple of years, okay? None of their running backs that had that offense running, and none of them were dominant, but, you know, uh, James Conner had a ton of touchdowns last year. Just let him walk. Chase Edmonds walks. They let Chandler Jones go. They didn't pay him. They let Christian Kirk go and, and sign a big contract somewhere else. They think they couldn't have used him. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't been solidly healthy for the past two or three seasons. You couldn't use Christian Kirk. Yeah, they got Ron Dillon more, but who knows what he's going to be in the long run if he has to be a primary receiver. Uh, so they have, you know, they have uh, Hopkins when he's healthy, and they have more, and now they might not have Kyler. So very quickly they went from, this is how you rebuild the team, to, wow, what a missed opportunity. Yeah. Because Kyler has the talent if he can if he can if he can get it together between the ears. And, and and I don't know if he loses focus or he doesn't care. I have no idea what it is. I'm not in Kyler's side. I don't pretend to know the guy. 
there's something that's not clicking there. Otherwise, you'd have full, complete seasons of, of consistency. You have to, you cannot expect a team to essentially mortgage their future by paying this guy a massive contract when, like you said, he's one playoff game and he performed very poorly. I tell him, we have to see this fourth year. We need to see something different from you from year four. Quite frankly, if I'm the Cardinals and I have talent in other positions still, I trade him. I trade him. I I I know it's a division rival, but I call up a team with the Seattle Seahawks. I say, hey, you need a quarterback. We got a guy. They're gonna have, Seahawks have the cap room. And it doesn't matter anyways. Teams will just kick the can down the road and screw themselves in five to seven years right. when all this comes, you know, comes crashing back down on them financially. That doesn't really seem to matter anymore. So they can call any team. I call the uh, the Seahawks or I call the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And I say, we'll trade you uh, 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 Kyler Murray for Tua and some picks. Yeah. Your problem now. We tried. And this kid just couldn't get it right between the ears. He couldn't use his head. He couldn't focus. And we're not going to mortgage our franchise's future on a guy who isn't sure he even wants to be here at all times. And, and you could arguably, Chris, you could call the Panthers and just send them Kyler, Kyler Murray, whatever the diminished returns will be. And then you just you turn around and you call the Cleveland Browns and say, look, we know he's damaged. We know what his issues are. So we're not going to give you what, what exactly you want. Here's your offer for, for, for Baker. Baker yep. yep. And, and then they stare at Baker in the face, say, look, you have this year. Uh, we'll pick up your fifth year. Um, actually, I think he's on his fifth year option. He's so, on his fifth, yeah. So we'll, we'll put you starting quarterback this year. Colt's not a starter. Trace McSorley's not a starter. So you're it. Go out, make your money, and, and go out, perform. And if we see success, we'll pay you. If not, um, you're you you will have a whole year of, of playing in a different system and, and and with with decent weapons. So that way, you're not you know playing four games, five games for Deshaun Watson, and then sitting on the bench for the rest of the season, or whatever actually transpires. And it's funny you mentioned that too, because that's exactly where I was going to go with that. If they didn't get, you know, Miami and Tua, yeah, I was going to suggest, hey, you, you got a guy who's a starter the last four seasons, three seasons, sitting right there, who you know isn't going to be used. You probably get him from the Browns relatively cheap, I would assume, and I think honestly, after all, Baker has gone through with the Browns being so wishy washy back and forth. Oh, we want you here. Mm-hmm. We don't want you know. We're going to go for Deshaun. We're not going to go for Deshaun. If the Cardinals did exactly what you just said, brought him in and said, hey, look, you have one year. You're the starter. You're the guy. You run with the ball. Yep. Or not run with the ball. We give you the ball. You run with it. Uh, and if you make the most of it, we'll talk extension. If not, hey, you had your shot. I think, honestly, he'd react very well to that after being so back and forth with Cleveland for the last four seasons. I think he'd be like, okay. And if he isn't, he doesn't like it, then you know what kind of player he is, and you can move on, and no one has to worry about Baker anymore. And if I'm the Cardinals, I hurry up because the Panthers could be if if the draft 
falls the way it might, they could be staring at all the quarterback options. And if they draft a quarterback this year, like I understand what I've said about this quarterback draft, but they're still talent. They still have ability. And if you draft someone this year that doesn't, I don't think that would indicate that they would want to trade for Baker or Kyler or any young or middle of the road quarterback. The only person I would think like they would dra- they would trade for is a veteran with a year or two left. You know that that would be the scenario I would paint for the Panthers. But other than that, but I don't think anyone with that kind of quarterback is trading at that, at this point. So I just think. If on the Panthers, the time is now. Otherwise, figure out what you want. You do you want the quarterback, the veteran quarterback this year, or do you want a rookie this year or next year? And the Cardinals might come out of the draft in a worse position, to be honest. Uh, you may have, unfortunately you may have to have addition by subtraction. Yep. And and it's it's gonna well that no that was the opposite of what I meant. It's gonna get worse before it gets better, but. If they do it right, it could get far better. It could be a championship-caliber team, although they've lost a lot of the pieces that made them look like a championship-caliber team, especially if Kyler leaves. We'll see. Uh, I, I just don't I, – I can't I can't see them just investing that kind of money in a guy who's been so back and forth. It, it doesn't make sense to me, and, you know, it's – they're talking about getting rid of the coach because they haven't won in the playoffs and, and – Kyler is inconsistent and that you're going to turn around and pay him that kind of money. Uh, wouldn't if it was my franchise, but we'll, we'll see. This is the same organization that gave Steve Wilkes one season. So I, I don't hold the Cardinals organization in great regard. No, I did. I did actually, when they did a whole rebuild, but seeing how it's actually, you know, you kind of wonder if they kind of, if it actually was the skill and the intelligence or if they kind of just lucked their way into it with athletic players. It seems to be more of what it was. <laughs> it's, it's almost like the, they're like the Florida Marlins of the NFL. They just, they can screw up anything realistically. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On to our last topic. I couldn't believe the number when I saw it. Um, but. As always, I, I go through the numbers and I look at other players for comps and I compare, and it might not be as insane as it sounds. Yeah. After trading, after well discussing trading Derek Carr, the Raiders then traded for Devontae Adams and signed Chandler Jones and made a bunch of other moves that are going to vastly improve their team. And they gave their quarterback an extension also because realistically, you're paying everybody. Why not? And you're going to keep him happy along with all the other high-priced players in the team now. Three years, $121.5 million for Derek Carr. $40.5 million on an average annual basis. This is where it gets crazy, because you could do a lot worse than Derek Carr, admittedly, 100%. Per annual basis, annual average, he is the fourth, fifth, fifth, Highest paid quarterback in the league. Underneath him, the likes of Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, uh, Tom Brady. That guy's won a few games. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 crazy, and they want to make sure they keep their guy happy though. So, 
What I'm going to do, something I like to do whenever we discuss quarterbacks and their position as far as where they sit, uh, is I'm going to just randomly name out some numbers. I'm not going to tell you the player. Yep. But it's just going to kind of be a way of where do they, they sit, you know, uh, as far as the rankings go. Can they ju- is, is this just we got a decent guy in there, we don't want to lose him, and we're just going to pay him, and we know it's exorbitant, but it's only three years? I mean, because mm-hmm. on that aspect, it's not terrible. It's not a seven, eight-year deal. It's not something that's going to crush their, their franchise for a long, the long term. But it is just a lot of money on Derek Carr. And Derek Carr is one of the guys, along with guys like Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins, who last year people were saying, yeah, they're good, but your franchise gets worse if you get rid of them, but how much better are you going to get with them? So you're in a tough spot. And they just gave him fifth highest annual value for a quarterback. It's it's a little mind-boggling. But anyways, so let's start. let's start with this one here. Okay, so... Over the last four seasons, we're going to look at the last four seasons. Yep. The highest touchdown this player has thrown is 27. Highest number of yards they've thrown for is just just under 4,000. Uh, highest picks they've thrown is 13 in 2019. They have a – the highest QB rating they've had is 102. And let's see, percentage, highest completion percentage is 69.1. This player currently makes, let me get my handy list out here, 27 and a half a year. Want to take any shots? Um, Boy, I'm going to say... Carson Wentz? No. Nope. That is Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. So those numbers for 27 and a half, and mind you, when he signed that contract, 27 and a half was absolute top of the market. And those numbers don't justify that. That's an overreach. Read you another one. All right. This player threw for 36 touchdowns in 2019. That is their highest. 26 is their next highest. Uh, They've not been very interception prone 13 last season uh completion percentage a high of 66 a qb rating of 113 and there 2.3 a year but it is very likely to go way above that very soon um god it's clearly a rookie it's or, a rookie deal. Not, I, I, no, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Rookie deal. It's clearly a rookie deal. You you definitely know this one. I, I mean, I want to say you said he peaked this year, right? Uh, no, 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 no. That was his high for interceptions was this year. Uh, I'm just gonna I, go with Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, yes, sir. You got it. I almost said he had an MVP award, but I, I would have given it away. That would have given and I'm only going back four years because yeah. that's as far back as he went. You know, you only got an additional year out of, you know, uh, Russ, um, guys like Patrick Mahomes. And I didn't I didn't bother pulling up like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers because their numbers are so much higher than everybody else's, honestly. Right. But 
Uh, okay, another guy here. All right, his peak touchdowns was was last uh, 2020 season at 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, his highest yards he's thrown for is 4,500. Highest completion percentage was 69.2. Uh, he peaked at interceptions this season with 15. And his QB rating was 107 in 2020. And that's been his high. And his annual salary is 43. Um, Matthew Stafford? Not Matthew Stafford. That's Josh Allen. Oh, wow. All right. So this next guy. Mm-hmm. Highest yardage he's throwing for. 4,800. Highest touchdowns is 27. Interceptions is 14. That was his past season. And that is his career high. Every other season, he's been pretty good on that. Uh, His highest QB rating is 101. And he's the only one of the players I've mentioned so far who has over 100 twice in the last last four seasons. Uh, His completion percentage, high completion percentage, is Mm -hmm. 70.4, which is the highest I've mentioned so far. Okay. And he is well above 68. Uh 65 for career, but well above well well around 68 at least all four of the last four seasons. Mhm. Who is this player? I want to say Russell Wilson. That is Derek Carr. That's Derek Carr. Wow. The touchdowns aren't necessarily there. The yards yeah. are, the completion percentage is, the lack of interceptions are, the rating certainly is. So, I mean, when you look at the top the top quarterbacks, yeah, he's not Rodgers. It remains to be seen what Watson does in Cleveland. He's not Mahomes. He's not Allen. But when you start to get into that, Stafford, Stafford was a good quarterback in Detroit, but he wasn't what he was once he was throwing the Cooper Cup in L.A. Yep. You know, Dak... I mean, win a playoff game. That's all I can tell you. Russell Wilson, I mean, win something without an elite defense and be consistent for more than six games. Sorry, that's the truth of it. I know it's not popular. Everybody loves Russ, but that is what it is. And then we get down to Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Tannehill, Garoppolo. And then, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. It's tied for 15th, Chris. Okay, yep, there you go. It says 16 on my list. It's uh, Tom Brady, who's making far under market value. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'll say to the, the Raiders is I'm looking at two players. I'm looking at Deshaun, who has three playoff, uh, three playoff games, and he won one of his games, at least. Yeah, he won one of his games. And then I'm looking at Derek Carr. Who's played in one played in one playoff game? Obviously, twenty sixteen, the Raiders went to the playoffs, but he was injured. Uh, and then this year, and he obviously lost because they faced the Bengals, and we know where the Bengals ended up. So I just, I don't know what you're investing in, really. And, and I think they're hoping that Devontae Adams is the answer to unlock their car's potential. And this guy is – this guy's been in the – eight years so far he's been in the league? Two, four, six, eight years. 
and he's got one playoff appearance, and that was last year. So they better hope Devontae Adams is everything we expect him to be, but, you know, on the field, because honestly, I, I if he's not, I don't know what I don't know what this is going to do for Derek Carr. Twenty-three touchdowns and fourteen interceptions last year. He had Hunter Henry, or Hunter Henry, I'm sorry, and he had uh, um, what's his name? Darren Waller. Mo- Thank you, Darren Waller for most of the season. He doesn't have a crappy team, so Devontae Adams better better be the answer for Derek because. Otherwise, they're investing a lot of money into two players that if they're not competing for the division title and making playoff runs, like it's not going to be worth it. Yeah, I mean, you look at that number and it is it is everything I just said kind of. It was more it wasn't necessarily any definitive point because value is I mean, value is honestly perceived. Mm-hmm. I mean, what one person thinks is an overpayment is you know, a value to another person. Like I said, you look at Tom Brady making 25 a year when he consistently has some of the highest stats. Well, that's because he makes his money in a hundred other places because he's invested everywhere and his wife probably makes 10 times what he does in a year anyways. And so it's like, that's why that can be not top of the market. But to him, that's worth it. To the Chiefs, it was worth it to pay Mahomes almost 50 a year. To the Packers, it was worth it to trade away everything that Aaron Rodgers wanted to come back to Green Bay for and then give Aaron Rodgers the biggest contract on an annual basis in NFL history. So the Raiders saying, well, we have this money. We can make it work. We have the receiver. We have the running back. We think we have, you know, we have the tight end. We think we have the defense. If we can make this work financially, may as well just give him close to the top of the market without, you know, exceeding it because he's not Mahomes. He's not any of those other top guys. And to them, it's worth it. If this was a five- or six-year deal, I'd be a lot harder on it. I still don't get it. Uh, same way I don't get Dallas giving Dak the money they gave him. Because it's like, what What have you done in, 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 in the biggest moments to make this count, to make this matter, to, to, to help the team? Um, remains to be seen. It was worth it to them. It'll be interesting. I do think the Raiders are going to be a formidable team this year. I think, uh, you know, you have Devontae Adams who's capable of putting up 15, 20 touchdowns, honestly, on a team that doesn't have a primary guy who's already getting most of those touchdowns, and Derek Carr is good enough to get him the ball. Uh, Nelson Aguilar got a nice contract and looked really, really good with Derek Carr throwing to him. What can Devontae Adams do? So it remains to be seen if it's worth it, but I, I don't think being three years, it's that terrible of a deal. And uh, would I have wanted my team to pay that much for him? No, certainly not. Uh, but Raiders saw value there. So hopefully for their sake, it works out. All right. Anything else? I'm all set. All right. That is going to do it for episode 173. Make sure I get it right this time. Tired of saying the wrong one. That'll look like an idiot because people read it. <laughs> what episode number it is and then they hear me say the wrong number. Uh, if you have any questions on this episode or past episodes or anything sports related at all, Ben and I'd love to hear from you. Where can they get in touch with us? 
Again, hit us up on Twitter at, at, at BCTS Pod, Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports, the website, bctspod.com, and Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and subscribe. And if you would not mind, please ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Saturday. Thank you.